Welcome to the Outside Inside Radio Hour, a volunteer-produced project brought to you by Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. Our collaborative teaching teams include faculty, students, and staff, and our classes include art making, art history, reflection, and the cultivation of a safe space. We are based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at three CSU campuses, San Bernardino, Fresno, and Fullerton. Prison Arts Collective is a project of Arts and Corrections, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. The Outside Inside Radio Hour is a way for us to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. Each of our guests is a return resident who continues to pursue a creative life. All right, so today we're going to be talking with Rene Rodriguez. He is a pen and ink artist who wants to help others use art to break out of their negative thought patterns. Hi, Renee. Nice to meet you. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm a free man. <laughs> <I'm blessed. laughs> oh, have you? Did you get out kind of recently? Uh, in April will be two years. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've been out for a little while. That's that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's start at the beginning. Um, what are some of your earliest creative memories? Well, I, I mainly like started off with uh, working on culture, like the Mexican culture, the revolution and all that. That was like the the earliest. This was in like 1997. So did you draw as a child um, or did you pick it up later in life? No, I, I picked it up later on. Uh, when I was little, I used to like making little car models. So what was it that sort of pushed you to pick up drawing in the first place? Um, just trying to find a way out, like uh, help pass my time. Um, and uh, once I realized that that actually helped me change my way of thinking, that's when I actually picked it up, started drawing more. Cool. So what was it about it that helped you sort of shift your brain like that? It's just uh, it seemed like I was drawing like for 15 minutes and a couple hours would pass by. It's just like I was focused on my drawings. I had a friend that left me a drawing and uh, for some reason, I don't know, I just, I thought I'd try to do it the same way and I would show people and uh, that's when they asked me if I ever drew before and I said no. And then they were, they were amazed at my drawing. And ever since then, uh, I picked it up and I never stopped. Wow, that's amazing. Off of one drawing, you were able to build like a whole practice. That's cool. Uh, what kind of subject matter did you deal with in the beginning? It was because uh, I was studying the culture, the Mexican culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would see trains or, or pyramids and uh, like that texture, like the, the rock texture of the pyramid. It just, I started getting to little details and that's what got me into it. Like, Oh, so kind of like when you, the, like the calendar drawings and yeah stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. Um, did you have like connections to those sort of ancient cultural things or was it just that you found it interesting? 
Well, I found it interesting, and uh, a lot of people did have books and pictures, and even my family would send me pictures of the pyramids or, or whatever, because I would ask them, like, can they send me a picture, and then I'll visualize something, and that's when I'll put it on paper. That's really cool. Um, do you still do that kind of subject matter, or have you moved on to, like, other other topics? Mm. Well, right, as of right now, I've been uh, lagging and I haven't really been doing much. I got to get back into it. Uh, my girl bought me a, a nice set of, of drawing equipment. Uh, and that, that passion that I had, I have to get that back before I uh, actually get in. I've done a couple drawings since I've been out, but I need, I need to get back into it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, life kind of gets in the way sometimes. It's hard to make time. Yeah. Um, all right, so when, when you feel the need to begin a drawing, what is it that sort of pushes you to do that? It's just like the, I guess the, I, I visualize something and then once I'm done, I, that gratification I get from it, from actually doing something and then seeing it. Because I visualize it, then when, when it's done, I, I see the way it comes out and that's what the gratification I get out of it. Yeah, like having a finished, a finished piece that really does feel good, especially when it looks exactly like how you were thinking. That's cool. Yeah. My niece would ask me for a picture of Simba and I wasn't really into doing cartoons. So I would have to like, I don't know if you've seen one of the ones I did where there's Simba and then there's a real line behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I don't know. A lot of people would ask me like, can you draw this or, or, and I tried pushing myself to see what, what else I could do or, and that's mainly where, where it all comes from. Just, and trying to escape from where I was at, you know? So when you describe finding a way out, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you want to find a way out of? Well, uh, when I started drawing, I was just looking for a way out of, like, to be free in my mind. And cause where I was at was, uh, I was in the shoe and you're like 22 hours in a cell. So that's the, the, I was looking for a way out of that. And uh, later on in time, that's when I started focusing on trying to come home, you know, and drawing really did help me. And then that pack meeting with the, uh, with the facilitating. Um, so when we talk about facilitating, um, just, for the audience, that means that you were leading, you were leading classes for other um, people in yeah. your unit, right? What was that like when you first started doing it? Was teaching kind of a weird transition from just like doing it yourself? It actually, it actually was, because uh, uh, I'm real shy. And uh, I still, I guess I haven't broke out of my shyness or whatever. I don't like getting in front of people and speaking, but drawing is a, uh, it helped me out a lot to to open up more, you know? Did you find that it was um, like easier for you to teach kind of like one-on-one -on -one and help people with their questions than, you know, speaking to the whole room at one time? Yeah, it's better. It's better when it's one-on-one -on -one because speaking with the room, yeah, I'm a little nervous when it comes to that. I mean, it's intimidating to do that. Yeah, it's super intimidating. Um, yeah. And it, it's also kind of, it's kind of hard to address like, all the different questions at once. I, I imagine it would be a lot easier to sit down with each student. Um, 
So I didn't know though that if, I mean, if you're not comfortable talking about that, this, that's fine. Um, but I didn't know that you could be kept in the shoe for that many hours at a time. How did you deal with that? Like that is, that's a long time. Yeah. My first shoe term was like 26 months. Wow. About 26 months of like 22 hours in your, in your cell. You get a, an hour and 45 minutes of, of yard time. And that's uh, it's it. It's a concrete oh box gosh. actually. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, for 26 months. Yeah. Two years, longer than two years. <laughs> that's, that's hard. Even one time, uh, we went on a, a hunger strike and, uh, I went six days on a hunger strike. Actually drawing helped me focus more on my art than the hunger. And I went four days real good without like worrying about eating. And then it started catching up to me, but drawing really helped me with a lot, a lot of things. And the hunger strike, was that to get attention to get out? Yes, the hunger strike was for everybody so that they could get rid of the shoe terms. The shoe, because that was a form of torture for people. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Did you guys, were you successful? Yes, it, it was. Uh, like in 2016, that's when it, it started happening. They started letting everybody out. But that's yeah, amazing. It did, it worked. It took, yeah, it took time, but it worked. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I'm that that's awful that you were in there for almost two years, but that is amazing that that was able to like get attention because it's I would imagine it's probably really hard to get people's attention from in there. Yeah, and that was a peaceful uh, uh, protest too, so. Yeah, what did that feel like? Well, the way I was is I get adjusted to wherever I was at. I could adjust real quick and I'm telling you art that just that that's what I needed to keep me sane and it, it really did help me focus on my art and and it would take me out of my my spot where I was at so I would when drawing it was like a journey I was on like on my own little journey so art actually helped me that's cool and so that's what you mean when you say that you think it could help other people? It really can. Any any form of uh, uh, being artistic, whatever, singing or whatever, it, it keeps your mind focused, you know, and you don't got to, it's, it's a way of getting out, you know? Mm -hmm. And what you said earlier about like the gratification of seeing something finished, that definitely has a way of keeping you sane because it keeps you connected to like what's right in front of you gives you like a purpose a focus you know yeah yeah focus. totally so when you were a facilitator was that before or after this experience no it was way after way after so did you did you ever talk about that with any of your students um no i don't, I don't think i ever have okay. they were probably going through the same so they were looking for an, a way out in their own way not knowing that they were doing that but I've never actually uh, brought it up to anybody. Hmm. That's um, that's hard to handle. Like as a as a teacher to be carrying that uh, with you as you're trying to kind of like pass on knowledge. I think it's that's really important that you have that behind you yeah. and that you're um, that you came out of it and you came out of it wanting to teach people something. Yeah.
So what has art making taught you about yourself? I remember uh, when I was young and uh, my first few years in prison, uh, I didn't have patience. And I, would, I was always buying drawings, artwork from people. And they would tell me, how come you just don't start drawing? And I said, I don't have the patience. So then once I, I got my shoe term and, and I started drawing that, it taught me patience. Art actually changed my way of thinking and it made me a better person actually. I was quick to react to things and, but art just, it just slowed everything down. It just made me see things differently, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you start to learn anything else about yourself that you found surprising? <laughs> that I could actually draw. <laughs> it showed me that you set your mind to something and you could actually do it. I don't think it's a small thing that patience was kind of the only hurdle that you had to get over because that means that you always sort of had that natural talent within you because that doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah. I know that you said that you haven't um, really been doing a lot of it lately, but is there any, are there any like themes or topics that when you do pick it up again that you want to explore? Well, uh, I want to do like, like, because now I'm out here, I could see different sceneries. And I've seen some sceneries that, you know, I would love to try to do like maybe a beach scenery because the waves, because the freedom, like, I would like to do something like that just to try that for, you know, see, see how that would go. It's cool that you have that perspective that now that you do have freedom, that you can, yeah. like, you can essentially go anywhere. No, I was just going to say, because I was limited to the things I could draw because I couldn't see the sceneries, the landscapes and all that, because I was gone for 29 years. Wow. And, and now I have all this freedom. Like I, I'm, I'm still adjusting to it, you know, but it's going real good. I mean, I'm not that, that, uh, uh, young confused guy that was always looking for attention. So it's, it's, I'm adjusting real good. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What do you mean by young and confused and always looking for attention? Yeah, because I was from a gang and uh, I always wanted people to to notice me. So that's the attention I was trying to get. And I was trying to make a name for myself, trying to to be somebody I wasn't, you know, and and I don't need that no more. I, uh, uh, if somebody don't like me, I don't care. It just bounces right off and I'm, I'm cool. You know, I, I, I don't need your approval or nothing. You know, I'm my own person now and I see things differently now. You said that you were, you know, as, as a young person, like how old are you, how old are you? Well, it all started like in the teens, I would say, oh, wow. but I was arrested at 21. Wow. That's young. And then 29 years. And, so you were in prison longer yeah. than you were out before. Exactly. So I still have it as of these two years that I've been out, I still haven't passed that, you know? So yeah. I find that really interesting though, that you, that you mentioned that when you're teaching, um, you're shy and that as a kid or as a young person, you were constantly um, seeking attention. Do you think that that had something to do with the fact that like deep down you're kind of a shy person? I think it was. I was, I was more quick to finding somebody than to 
I don't know. I just, back then I was, I guess I had anger issues, you know, because I did have anger issues, but I was, I was shy when I was young, you know, and, I, and I'm still kind of shy now. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the fact that you said you were quicker to fight someone. I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that like, if you are a fighter like that, sometimes it might just be that you're not comfortable. Um, yeah. But that's cool. That's cool that like, as you got older, you realized that you're just kind of shy and that that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I know that you said that you, you learned um, from somebody that gave you a drawing, but do you ever um, collaborate with other artists? Oh yeah, uh, there's one that actually stuck really good to me. Uh, someone said that anytime you draw with a pen, make sure you erase the lines. What he meant by that is don't leave no sharp ends. When you make a line, fade it away. And that one really stuck with me. And that's that's what I would do. I would try, I'd, if I had lines, I would fade them away with the shading and that line wouldn't be there anymore. And that one, that's something that really, really stuck with me. That's cool. Are you still in contact? Uh, no, uh, uh, one did get out. Uh, uh, he got at me on Facebook. Um, I don't know. We might, we might, uh, later on meet somewhere or something and, you know? Yeah. Is that sort of a strange prospect to meet on the outside, somebody that you spent time with on the inside? Yeah, it is because I just never thought it would happen. That's why. And, to actually, like one of my uh, cellmates just wrote uh, not too long ago, and he told me, he goes, I never got what you meant, because I, I would always tell him, one day you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about, because I, was, I would try to talk to him about certain things, of the way that he thinks and all this and that. And uh, now that he got out, he told me, he goes, I finally understood what you were telling me. He understood it, and that made, that made me feel real good because he said it helped him get out. So if you don't mind me asking, like what kind of, what kind of advice did you try to give? Well, I would give him advice about staying away from his, his whole old homeboys. Think having that, 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 that thought process, like trying to go back to the neighborhood and connect with certain people. And I told him that, I mean, you gotta, you gotta grow up. You gotta, you gotta change your way of thinking. That's not, that's not the way to go home, you know? And uh, he, he wouldn't understand and he finally caught it. Was that hard to do? Um, to know that like the people that you did know from before were not people that you could be with once you got out? Mm, it wasn't hard because this whole time that I was arrested, uh, the only people that were there for me was my mom, my sister, they were my brothers. They were like, well, family. That's the one that was always had my back. They were always there, whatever I needed. And uh, my so-called friends were, were nowhere to be seen. So it was really easy to get, change my way of thinking after that, after so many years. Did your mom or your sister ever open up to you about what it was like while you were away? I know it was hard on my, my mom. Uh, because uh, the same year that I went away, uh, my grandma, my gran great grandma passed away. So to my mom, she lost three members of her family in months apart, you know. So 
it, it was really hard. And my sister would tell me that she would cry a lot, you know, and oh, that, that, that was hard. Yeah. And with a 29 year sentence, yeah, like you can visit and you can call, but that's got to be hard for a mom. Are you living with your family now? Um, and what's that like? No, I'm, uh, I'm actually in a transitional housing still. But I plan on uh, getting out of it in a few months. So the thing with, with us in the house is we all we call ourselves brothers because we're all lifers. And uh, for one lifer, for another lifer to come home, we always tell them, welcome home, you know. And, and we consider ourselves brothers because we were in the same boat, you know what I mean? Uh, we had this focus to come home and, and to actually go to board and get a date that's like the toughest interview you'll ever have because we have to prove to the commissioners that we're not a threat to society anymore. You know, and, and anybody that comes home, that's a lifer that's in our house where we're at, we always welcome them, welcome them. And we consider them brothers. We cook, we, we all share because in prison, we have boundaries, you know, you can't go here. You can't do this. You can't eat from him. You or this, but here in our home, we, we don't do that. We share everything. We're, we're brothers, you know? That sounds like a really, like, it sounds like a small change, but it's, that's a big it's deal. It's a really big change, yeah. Just being able to, like, share with other people. <clears throat> um, yeah. So what was that interview like? Are you okay talking about uh, that? You're talking about the board? Yeah. Yeah, I can talk, I, I could talk a long time <laughs> about that. <laughs> I went to board twice. I had to go twice before they gave me a date because the first time I went in, I was denying everything. I was minimizing. Uh, I wasn't taking responsibility for nothing. And uh, they denied me real quick. They gave me a five-year denial. They said, do this, do that, and whatever. And the second time I went in, I did everything they asked me and more. So I had all these certificates. Uh, I did all these classes. I learned the 12 steps. Uh, and uh, when I went in, into the board, it was the same commissioner. And uh, he told me, he goes, uh, remember me? And I said, yeah, I remember you. And I said his name and he said, uh, he goes, the first time you came in, he goes, I knew you were lying. I mean, I, I, was, I was straight just lying to myself too. So the second time I went in, I, I, I confessed to my, what I was there for. Uh, I admitted everything. I took full responsibility for everything I've done in, on the streets and in prison. I wrote apology letters. I did it everything i did my homework so that's why i'm home now that expands to so much of life the minute that you take personal accountability for your part in stuff like yeah yeah doors open because people i i guess respect you after that right yeah it's crazy because i felt this like when i actually admitted and took responsibility i felt this weight lifted off my shoulders like I could speak about it now. Like, I'm not, I'm not lying no more. Because when you lie, you gotta have a good memory. But when you're telling the truth, you know your truth, you know, and and it's it's easy. It's just there. Just put it all on the table, you know. And that's what I did. That is so true. Um, like lying almost gets more stressful than the responsibility of the truth sometimes because you have to remember yeah. every single little lie and how they tie together. Exactly. Is that something that you carry with you now, like as a personal philosophy, like accountability and honesty and all that? Yeah, 
trying to help others to whatever I can, you know? Just be yourself and don't care what anybody says about you. Just focus on yourself and try to do good. Try to help others. All right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, I really appreciated yeah. hearing all of your perspectives. And thank you for your patience and your uh, uh, being real patient with me. Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, you can find further information on our Instagram at Prison Arts Collective. To find out how you can help us continue to provide our programming, please visit our website at www.prisonartscollective.com.